We're on the record. I'm Sheila Cass. Good morning. Happy Valentine's Day. It's a day for chocolates and flowers and maybe a date planned for someone special in your life. Dating with a disability can present some unique circumstances. Whether you're using a wheelchair, navigating chronic illness, or living with neurodiversity, disability is no barrier to finding love. Joining us to talk about dating and disability is Chris Mason-Hale. He's a mentor for people living with disabilities who seek care at the Kennedy Krieger Institute. He's used a wheelchair since an accident when he was 16. His official titles at Kennedy Krieger are Community Advocate at the Maryland Center for Developmental Disabilities and the Faculty Advocate with the Maternal and Child Health Leadership Education in Neurodevelopmental and Other Related Disabilities. Mason Hale recently wrote a blog post about online dating and disability, For Think Equitable, the website of the National Center for Disability, Equity, and Intersectionality. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you for having me. Hello, good morning, and happy Valentine's Day. You peer mentor people with mobility disabilities. I'm sure they seek advice on a range of issues. How much do you get asked about dating? I get asked about dating a lot. So specifically, I mentor usually teenager to adult Uh, young adult, young men who are new to spinal cord injuries. They have just recently had an accident um, and have transitioned into the world of disability. So their minds are usually racing uh, with questions about dating and relationships moving forward. And what kinds of things do they ask you? Oh, man. Uh, They ask me, how do you get a girlfriend? Uh, How do I find a significant other in general. How do I attract people? How can I be attractive in a wheelchair? I just don't think that I could. Um, They ask me about sex. They ask me about dating. How does dating work? What can I do if I go on a date? How can I even date? Um, A lot of different questions, but we go through them together. We spoke with Bong Del Rosario. He's a transportation advocate who uses a wheelchair and asked his advice. My number one tip is don't hide it. Don't be afraid of it. Don't let it be in control of what you want to do. Own the disability. Don't let the disability own you. Not necessarily saying that you have to disclose, you know, your whole life story behind it, but don't be ashamed of it. You know, it is what it is. There are going to be people out there who are going to love you for you, whether it's in a platonic friendly manner, um, or if it's in a uh, romantic manner. Chris, what kind of advice do you give your mentees about talking about their disability with someone in their life? The number one thing that I tell mentees all the time is before you try to reach out to other people, make sure that you're good with yourself. Um, Usually since I'm talking to people who are new to their injury, there's a lot of acceptance. There's a lot of grief that comes with that and that they need to understand who they are as a person before they try to reach out and find somebody else to make a relationship with. They have to kind of work on that relationship with themselves first. And I find that to be the first thing that I tell them. Um, After that, when they feel more comfortable and they can have more confidence when it comes to going out and interacting with people, maybe not feeling so self-conscious, but I I agree with the gentleman who um, mentioned confidence and trying to own your disability so that people don't see that that's 
all you are. And so that you don't understand that as being all that you are, because it can feel that way at times. But if you can be confident in yourself and understand that you're more than just your disability, there are things that you have interest in. And that's kind of why when I wrote the blog, I put it in a structure of an online dating website, because sometimes without that kind of structure, it's hard to think about things outside of just maybe what you can't do or what people might think and all of these different factors that kind of feed into how you feel and being desirable and being seen as desirable. That's Chris Mason Hale, a peer mentor for people with disabilities at Kennedy Krieger Institute. Here on the record on WIPR, I'm Sheila Cast. We're talking about dating for people with disabilities on this Valentine's Day. Uh, in your blog post, you wrote, quote, for those with disabilities, the worry that their disability will be too much for a potential partner is often very real, which begs the question to disclose or not to disclose. But is that the right question? Close quote. Chris, why would to disclose or not to disclose not be the right question? It's not the right question because when you have a disability, it becomes a part of you as you grow into it, as you learn to understand it and become, you know, the person that you aim to be afterwards. It's a large lifestyle change where you're not sure what you can do afterwards, but when you have the right support systems and you have the right people in your life, um, you can kind of find a way forward. And when it comes to talking about being a burden, it can be very scary for people who don't understand disability in the world of disability. Some people may think that they need to take care of you. Um, and that can be an emotional burden for the person with disability where they feel like they may not want to tell somebody everything that goes on with them. And again, similar to what the gentleman mentioned, you don't want to tell somebody your whole life story. But again, when you want to reach out to other people, it's important to know what you need and to understand your disability so that when you do reach out, um, you can explain to people what your disability actually is versus what people may think it is. What are some of the success stories you've heard from your mentees about dating? There's plenty. Uh, there's so many people that meet somebody in college. Um, there was one mentee that was kind of nervous about dating. Um, I had already met with them when they were inpatient, but they were outpatient now, and they were nervous about girls and meeting people. And they eventually just kind of spoke to this girl, and they spoke up a convert. They sparked up a conversation, and they were talking about games and television shows and for a second you know when we spoke uh he had forgotten that you know you can just have a regular conversation um the insecurities that people with disabilities feel is not the same but can be similar to any type of insecurity you know if you've got a zit on your forehead you can feel insecure talking to somebody so being able to just find that common ground and talking to somebody is really important so um, last I heard that they're still dating. Um, another story is also in college. I feel like this is more in line with since I'm meeting people around their like later teen ages and then they're transitioning into college. But another person met somebody during a uh, a theater production, which was really nice. And they were able to perform during that theater production and just be a part of the cast and crew. And I thought that that was just really heartwarming to see that they felt at home. They felt they weren't worried about people looking at them or seeing them differently. They were on stage. 
embracing who they really wanted to be in that moment. And they met somebody there and they got to talking. I don't know if they started dating yet, but um, it sounds like things are going really well. And these are both people who are, you know, gotten further in their disability journey to the point where they're able to understand what they need and more importantly, how to communicate what they need um, to others. And um, those are just a couple of the success stories that I've heard. I want to pick up on you mentioned communications. When when dating someone new who's not part of the disability community, how much of an issue is language? I mean, people say disability, people say differently abled. What do you prefer to hear? I personally don't have a preference, um, but there is identity first language, person first language, um, and then euphemisms um, like the differently abled that you mentioned. I think that to be honest, it's up to preference, and you should always ask the person with a disability how they prefer to be called. Um, it's it's the best chance of not offending anybody and um, having a good first step in that communication. Uh, when it comes to communicating your disability to somebody who's unfamiliar, you know, again, I'm talking to people who are transitioning into the world of disability, um, and as somebody myself who has transitioned, the terminology is a lot. Um, there are words that I never thought I would say like autonomic dysreflexia and people don't know what that means and I wouldn't expect them to know. And so that communication should be, you know, you shouldn't expect people to expect to know everything about disability when you speak to them. It is a bit of a learning experience for the people that you interact with. Um, not that it is the person with the disabilities, I should say it's not their duty to inform you about everything. But that's just something that you have to kind of feel out with a person as you get to know them, what you feel comfortable talking to. And as I said in the blog, it's not about whether or not to tell somebody. It's just about how to be comfortable in talking to that person and sharing more about your disability over time and as you grow to um, form a relationship with that person. Well, what misconceptions about dating and disability do you hear from people who are not living with a disability? I think that a large one is the idea of what to do on a date and that maybe being with a person with a disability can be somewhat limiting to the activities that you can do. And that is true in some cases. There are certain things that a person with a disability can't do, but there are plenty of adaptive activities. And I think that adaptive activities are really on the rise recently in, in terms of, you know, mountain biking. Um, you know, a misconception could be that if I can't walk, how could I ride a bike? Um, but there are arm bikes and I've ridden in arm bikes myself and they are a lot of fun and you can go on mountain trails. There are paved mountain trails. And, you know, that's just one example of an activity that, that somebody may not think a person with a disability or somebody with a physical disability could do, but there's an adaptive option. And I think that the adaptive option, um, is a really good way to kind of express to, whomever you're with that these are the things that I need. These are the different things that I need in order to be able to, you know, still have fun and engage with my community. And to sort of pull, pull that forward a bit. I mean, discussion about dating happens. You've made clear it happens within the disability community. What should folks who are not part of those conversations, what do they need to know? That's a great question. Um, People outside of the community or people who are new to the community, it's really about communication and understanding more that people with disabilities have insecurities just like anyone else. 
Um, it may be related to their disability. It may not be related to their disability. Um, there are different things that impact a, a relationship with somebody, but to really just kind of find that common ground and to understand that even though a person has a disability, those insecurities can impact how a person feels about certain things. And it, the more you talk to them, the more you'll learn that. And I think that's the journey that you have when you're forming a relationship with anybody. You learn about the things that they may not be so confident in, the things that they are exceptionally confident in. And you just learn how to navigate how you react and how you treat a person uh, based on preference. And again, that's something that you learn just by interacting. So my advice to people who don't know much about being uh, having a disability and dating is to just talk to people. You know, there's so much that you can learn from other people just by having a, a good conversation. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's where people should start is just talking to each other. Chris, thanks for taking time to talk to us. Yes, thank you for having me. And happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Chris Mason-Hale is community advocate at the Maryland Center for Developmental Disabilities and the faculty advocate with the Maternal and Child Health Leadership Education in Neurodevelopmental and Other Related Disabilities. His recent blog post about online dating and disability for thinkequitable.com is titled To Disclose or Not to Disclose. You can find a link to Chris's writing at the On the Record page at WYPR.org. Short break on the record. When we're back, a stoop story. I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us. Thank you.